Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. One plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable from Dubai with Demetria L. Lucas. Congratulations, America. On the 10th day of the year, your government can actually begin to operate as normal. Actually, it happened on Saturday. This is just our first episode since the GOP actually got a Speaker of the House elected, Kevin McCarthy. It only took 15 tries. It only took 15, the most it's ever taken in the history of the country. But he did it. Try and try again. I guess this is the testament. Try 15 times. There's a question about how many concessions that he had to make in order to get the job and to get people to vote for him. I'm a little nervous for the country going forward. I mean, I've been nervous for the country for a while now. Still nervous, I should say. I wouldn't say I'm more nervous than I was when Trump was in office, but still nervous. Forever, there's been a lot of tension between Democrats and Republicans, but Republicans have tension with other Republicans. There's a whole faction of Republicans that have just, you know, completely batshit, who are just causing a bunch of ruckus and, and won't vote for Speaker of the House, shit like that. The Democrats, they have a minority Speaker of the House, Hakeem Jeffries. I think I referred to him. I know I did because my dad corrected me. I referred to him on a previous episode when I was celebrating that Nancy Pelosi had stepped aside and Hakeem Jeffries was going to be her replacement. I referred to him as Speaker of the Senate. My dad called and he was like, he's not Speaker of the Senate. He's Speaker of the House. You know better. And I was like, I, I misspoke. I made a mistake. Sorry. But the minority leader of the House, Hakeem Jeffries, he did uh, this really great speech. I kept hearing about it before I actually saw it. They keep referring to it as the ABC speech. And I was like, what is the ABC speech? Um, If you haven't seen it, look it up. Amazing alliteration. It was very much giving pastor in a pulpit slash I grew up on hip hop and also in from Brooklyn. And I was like, oh, okay. I see how that all came together there. This is a good combination in a leader. He left his mark. If you haven't seen that speech, definitely give it a look. I'd play it for you. Do I have it? 
No, I'm not playing it. But look it up. It's it's a worthy listen. It's all over social media right now. The English major in me was really excited about the alliteration. You know I'm kind of a nerd. Don't judge me. Yeah, but I don't know how our government is going to move forward. I mean, I'm always nervous about U.S. politics, like I said. But it's always been ungood. But it went just absolutely batshit with Trump. And I thought having Biden in office would quell some of it. And in fairness, no one's like storming the Capitol right now. But it still feels like we're in accelerated chaos. Not as bad, but still not good, you know? But that's good news. Oh, by the way, I'm in Dubai. I said I was in Dubai, right? I was in Qatar last week, Doha. I took an hour flight and now I'm in Dubai. I'm here for another few days and then I'm going to Abu Dhabi for a few days. I've been to Dubai before. It was just on a long layover on my way back from Bali. I planned it okay. I saw the Burj Khalifa. I went to a restaurant. I saw a mosque. I went to a play. I did some shopping. I was exhausted though, but I didn't do like all like the highlights of Dubai. But this time around, I'm getting in a lot more of them. Like I am eating and drinking my best way through Dubai. Dubai is expensive as shit, but, but I feel like it gives you what you pay for. I'm finding like the things that I like, there's no mid range to it, but everything that I've done has been just exquisite. I went to the spa yesterday and I had a hammam treatment. That's the one where they like scrub you down um, and get like all the dead skin off of you and like rub you down. This woman, she was a tiny Asian woman. She massaged me like she was like a 6'4", 285, like she's like a big man. Like she was a large athletic man. It was a great massage. And then afterward, like, you know, I'm sitting in like my aftercare and looking at this view and there's something in the sky that looks like fireworks. It's some kind of light show. And like this goes on for a while. And I'm like, WTF, what am I looking at? And then like there's music playing. There's like a violin. And I was like, wait, is that live? And I turn around and there's a woman in the corner like playing a violin for us like while we relax after our spa treatments. And I was like, yo, this is dope. This is pretty nice. What else did we do? We went to the Dubai frame. I had to get my tour stuff out the way. Also, I remember, I don't know if it was a show, because I feel like there was a video, but it couldn't have been a show, because Marjorie and Steve have never had a show. That's a show I would watch, too, by the way. If they did a reality show, I would so watch that show. Steve and Marjorie came to Dubai, and he took her to the Dubai frame, which the whole point of is these amazing views of the city of Dubai. It's like this big building that looks like a picture frame. And on the top, like you can see like these gorgeous, gorgeous views. And I want to say when Steve took Marjorie, he booked the whole thing out. And I want to say they had a dinner for two with these like 360 views of Dubai. And I wanted to see that view. So I did. It was epic and beautiful and better than the pictures, the video, whatever I saw of Steve and Marjorie. But I was like, yo, Sometimes I forget how long Steve money is. Like you can look at Marjorie and see that the money is long. But but I was looking at this view and I was like, yo, you rented this whole thing out for dinner to show Marjorie. Like, I don't know, was it an anniversary? Was it just, I just feel like it? Because you know, like they like the stunt, just the stunt. But I was like, nicely done, nicely done. Steve works hard and Steve enjoys his money hard. Also, just a note about Marjorie and Steve. I remember there was, Marjorie used to do videos There was at least a video on YouTube where they were talking about their Christmas because they had like real deer, reindeer, something like that. And she had like these big Christmas trees in the house. And she was like, this is Steve's thing. Steve likes these big department store trees. Steve likes the travel. Steve likes the excess of it all. Like I facilitate it, but like a lot of this is Steve. So folks be like, oh, Marjorie Harvey's spending up all that money and Steve has to work to keep Marjorie and Chanel. And I was like, well, he's a good husband. But I was like, a lot of that stunting, 
It's Steve wanting to stunt. Cookie and Magic be like that too. Cookie be like, no, I'm the calm one. He's the one that likes all this extra stuff. I be there. I'm down with it. I'm with the shits. But that's that's magic. That's his thing. He likes the stunt. The man walked around in furs in LA for years. Like he's before Cookie. Like he he likes the stunt. Cookie's actually the quiet one. That's not the point. The point is, I'm enjoying Dubai. It is 9.41 in Dubai. I've been up since 4 o'clock. I'm four hours ahead of Ghana, which is nine hours ahead of the East Coast, which is 12 hours ahead of the West Coast. Like, it's 9.41 here when I'm recording. It's 8.41 in East America. But I have a big, exciting day planned. We're going to a beach club. We may may not make it to the mall, to be quite honest. I don't really need to go. The person I'm traveling with, he wants to go. But definitely a beach club. And then we have a boat ride, which I'm really looking forward to because it's a boat. It's supposed to be 82 today, which is warm for this time of year. It's winter in Dubai. Like people are literally walking around in coats and I'm like, it's 75 degrees. Like why? But you know, heat is relative as I'm learning as I bop around the world. So yeah, so here in Dubai for another couple days, then to Abu Dhabi, then back to Ghana, then back to America. A word about my return to America. I don't know why people keep saying that like I'm leaving Africa. A couple people actually asked me about it when I was in Ghana. Like I ran into people who listened to the podcast and they were like, why are you leaving? Like why? I thought you were going to be in Africa for a year. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm going home to switch out my clothes and then I'm going to South Africa. I told y'all from the beginning, like I'm going to Africa. I stayed in Ghana and I will be back in Ghana because I really like Ghana, but I'm also going to see other parts of Africa. I'm still planning to get a place in Ghana, I think. I put that on hold for a minute just because I can't find what I want. I don't want to do good enough just to say I did it. I want what I want and I want it right. I told y'all a long time ago, I have a, a issue sometimes with thinking I don't deserve certain things. I'm not worthy of certain things. And it flares up sometimes. I've been doing much better with it. But something about the house buying, it started to flare up again. And I was like, oh, I should just get it. And I should just be happy with, you know, what this is because it's better than. And I'm like, no, 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 no. So I'm holding out until I find it. I haven't found it yet. But yeah, I'm going home for two weeks and then I'm going to South Africa and I'll be there for a few months. And I'm not really sure where I'm going after that. I think I want to go back to America for the summer and then go back to Africa for the fall. June, July, and August get tricky on the continent. It's, it's either extreme heat like North Africa or rainy season in West Africa or cold in South Africa. I got to search around about the temperatures in East Africa. I like Nairobi because that's where I would stay if I was doing East Africa. I liked it lots. I enjoyed my time there, but I don't know if I want to live there per se. But that's my update. Chronic migraine is 15 or more headache days a month, each lasting four hours or more. Botox, onabotulinum toxin A, prevents headaches in adults with chronic migraine. It's not for adults with migraine with 14 or fewer headache days a month. It prevents, on average, eight to nine headache days a month versus six to seven for placebo. Prescription Botox is injected by your doctor. Effects of Botox may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness can be signs of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Side effects may include allergic reactions, neck and injection site pain, fatigue, and headache. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Don't receive Botox if there's a skin infection. Tell your doctor your medical history, muscle or nerve conditions, including ALS Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome, and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. Ask your doctor and visit BotoxChronicMigraine.com or call 1-800-44-BOTOX to learn more. 
Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. We have good black news this week. BMF is back. I saw the advertisement for it. You know, like, I was on that boycott 50 Cent thing for a while because I haven't watched any of the additional powers. After the first power was done, I was like, I'm done with power and I'm done with 50. And then BMF came out and then, like, my friends were talking about how good it was. And I was like, all right, well, I'll watch an episode for free. And then I got hooked. And, like, now I love BMF. But I haven't had a chance to watch it since it came out. It just came out a few days ago. But it was either post-New Year's in Ghana or I've been bopping around the Middle East. So I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. And I've absolutely heard nothing about it, which is the way that I prefer it. I don't want any spoilers before I get a chance to catch up, which I don't think I'll get a chance to do till I get back to the States, which is fine. There was something else that I was really excited about. Oh, Frank Ocean is headlining at Coachella. I'm not going to be able to make it. Unfortunately, Coachella is in, is it May? I'm looking right now. No, it's April. I'll still be in South Africa. But he's headlining Sunday, April. Is that right? It says Sunday, April 16th and 23rd. Does that mean he plays twice? Is that what that means? I'm not sure. You know, I've never been to Coachella, even when I lived in California. I mean, part of when I lived in L.A. was two years of COVID, so... But the exciting thing for me is not necessarily Frank Ocean headlining Coachella. I mean, even though that is exciting for Frank Ocean. But I think if Frank Ocean is headlining Coachella, then that would indicate that Frank Ocean music is coming again. I love Frank Ocean. Not the best live performer. Or maybe he was really nervous that time he performed. Was it the Grammys? I think it was. He's only done like one really big TV performance and then never performed again. And it was terrible. And I say that as somebody who loves Frank Ocean. It was really bad. I haven't seen him do an award show performance or any big performance since then. But I bought the album that came out after that, Orange. I love Frank Ocean. Um, The other day, Dubia and I did a tour, and it was actually Group One. I don't know how it came up, but something about Renaissance came up, Beyonce's Renaissance. And I still haven't listened to it. Like, I've actively avoided listening to it. And I will not listen to it until I get visuals. I'm not asking for too much. Like Beyonce usually drops everything all at once. And I want my visuals to go with my music. And I'm fine waiting. But some people are very upset that I have not listened to this album. So on the bus on the way back, one of the girls had a speaker. And so they started playing Renaissance. And they were like, D, we're going to force you to listen to the album. And I was like, sure, whatever. I don't go nowhere without my headphones. I always have my beats with me. So I was like, yeah, yeah. So they had the speaker playing and they're like having a full moment. I put on my headphones, noise canceling, and put on Frank Ocean until I went to sleep. So I still haven't heard the album. Like, again, I am actively avoiding it until I can get all of my visuals and my music all at once. That's it. But I started listening to Frank Ocean on that bus ride, and I probably hadn't listened to the album in about, like, the last album or any of the albums in, like, a year and change. And then, like, I got hooked on Frank Ocean again. So, like, now it's, like, my walk-around music or just, like, putting something on in the house. It's either Frank Ocean 
or the Luther Holiday album. I listen to the Luther Holiday album year round. It's Luther. I don't need to explain that. But I'm excited. I think there might be a Frank Ocean album coming. This is pure speculation. I could be entirely wrong. But if I'm not, then I'm really excited. Oh, good news. Shamar Moore, he was on Jennifer Hudson and he announced that he's having his first child at 52. And my thought wasn't like, wow, that's like an advanced age to have a kid. I don't have a lot of regrets about things that I've, I've said or written over the years. One of them, though, I wrote a piece for a dot com about a woman who was 50 and pregnant. And I said something about her being too old to have a kid. I was like 29 when I wrote that. Just didn't have proper perspective. It's one of the few things I've written that I regret. I mean, at this point, I'm like, if you can have a child at any age, have the kid if that's what you want to do. I was happy for Janet Jackson. I was happy for Tamron Hall. There was somebody else that's had a baby at quote unquote an advanced age. So I say all that to say, when I heard Shamar Moore was having this kid, my thought wasn't even like, oh, too old to have a kid or even about his age at having a kid. It was that it's his first kid at 52. What kind of condoms or pullout game does this man have? Did you pay for a lot of terminations? I'm not even trying to be funny. I'm just like, you made it to 52 as a man in Hollywood and looking the way he does. Because Shamar Moore, you know, a lot of people find him corny. That's the conversation folks can have amongst themselves. But he's a nice looking man. At 52, he's easy on the eye. I've never been mad at his appearance, except when he had those fake cornrows in that Tyler Perry movie. But otherwise, just his natural appearance and still got abs. Like, he's a good looking man. Women have been throwing cat and pocketbook at him his entire adult life. Maybe before that, some predatory women. You managed for all this time not to have a kid? He needs to write a book. Or have a condom line. People would buy it. You made it to 52 with no kid? Look at how you do in Hollywood with your paychecks? With all the access to cat and pocketbook and never had a kid? That's an amazing feat. Congratulations to Shamar Moore on his first child. A girl. At age 52. Speaking of predators, not Shamar Moore, but the women who may have preyed on him when he was a younger man. I'm sure it happened because folks is gross and nasty. Men and women. I read that there's a part three for that R. Kelly documentary. I watched part one, which I want to say, was that 2019? That was like two hours a night for a few nights. That was like at least six hours And then there was another one, a part two, a year later. And that was like another four to six hours. And now there's a part three. Look, R. Kelly was a nasty, disgusting, rapist, predator, criminal. He has been convicted of these things. He is currently in prison for his crimes against girls, young women, women, period. That's where he deserves to be. I think we have reached the overkill part of this story. The first documentary, I thought that was important. I thought that was necessary. People have been speaking for years about how R. Kelly was a predator and he was still walking amongst the population, preying on people. I thought that documentary was necessary and also put the ball in motion to get justice for the women he harmed to and to lock him away to keep the rest of society safe and to punish him for his crime. Part one, absolutely necessary. Part two, as a follow-up to part one, totally get. There were more stories of the same. I don't believe R. Kelly was locked up when part two aired. I think he got locked up afterward. Part three, the man's in jail. 
from what I'm reading, the recaps that I'm reading about the documentary, I mean, there's new news in the sense that it's more women coming forward, sharing their stories and giving additional details about things that happened to them or things that happened to other people. I'll speak about that in a minute. But at some point, it just starts to feel exploitative. I'm going to say the same thing about the women here who are telling their stories. It's the same thing I said about Megan and Harry. Something happened to you and it was terrible. And I'm not mad at you for wanting to tell your story. I'm not mad at you for telling your story. I hope you get a sense of peace. I hope that in your telling your truth, it is cathartic for you. I also hope folks are getting therapy. Sitting down in a chair in front of a camera is not therapy. But also, I mean, and this sounds really, really bad. I don't want to hear these stories anymore. I want to make a distinction. That's not me saying I don't want people to tell their story. I think they should. And I think the people that want to hear it should listen. I've just tapped out. Same thing I said about the Whitney Houston stories. Remember we talked about there was a new Whitney movie, which actually I know people who saw it and said it was good. I'm good on it. There have been so many Whitney documentaries. There's been Whitney TV shows. There's been Whitney interviews. There's been movies about Bobby. Whitney always comes up in their stories. Lena Waithe did a story on Netflix that was based on Whitney and Robin. Robin wrote a book about Whitney's. Mama got a book about Whitney. I'm Whitneyed out. I'm Whitneyed out. What else about the story do we not know? Whitney is absolutely an icon. She was a major force in American culture. She means tons to Americans. She means tons to black folk. I get it. I get the obsession with Whitney. I'm just, I'm over it. Not over Whitney. I'm over people telling the same story about Whitney. There's no new narrative. It's the same story over and over and over and over. I'm like, what are you telling me new? The R. Kelly story. I don't know if this is new. It's been long alleged that there was a R. Kelly and Aaliyah sex tape. I think calling it a sex tape is incorrect. He filmed himself raping her because he was like 26, 27, and she was like 14, 15. That's not sex. That's rape. She's not old enough to consent. And even if she was, the age gap is disgusting because that's a child at 15 to 27 is a grown ass man. And that needs to be said for some folks. Like she wasn't fast. She was a child being taken advantage of by a much older adult who she also never should have been left alone with. But there's a woman in this R. Kelly special that I read that was talking about she found a video recording of R. Kelly raping Aaliyah. I think language is important. It's not a sex tape. But she found this recording and then R. Kelly, I guess, beat her and pushed her down some stairs or pushed her down the stairs and beat her. I don't know which one came first, but both happened, according to her. And then there were some other details that came out about Aaliyah or her parents, rather, like her parents signed an NDA and it's speculated that R. Kelly paid them a bunch of money. I'm tired of hearing about R. Kelly and Aaliyah, too. <sighs> Aaliyah's been gone since early 2000s. I remember where I was when I heard she was she had died. Him actually called me. I was walking to a club. And he called me and told me that um, that Aaliyah's plane had crashed. And I was like, wait, what? And he was like, Aaliyah's dead. I was like, wait, what? No, what? Aaliyah was a great performer, entertainer, whose life was cut short far too soon. And I think had she lived, she could have been as big as Beyonce. Maybe that's hyperbole. But she was well on her way to being that. But there's so much more to Aaliyah's legacy than being assaulted, raped, abused, 
by R. Kelly. She made great videos and she made great music. And by all accounts, people like adored her and she was just great and fun and funny and sweet. Missy and Genuine and Timberland loved her. Damon Dash loved her. And I prefer to remember her in the way that they speak about her versus this nonstop looping narrative about what R. Kelly did to her when she was a kid. And I feel like her legacy gets really overshadowed by the R. Kelly shit. It's not that I want to sweep it under the rug. It's not that I want to pretend it didn't happen. It's just that we all know it happened at this point. Like, there's no question about whether it happened. Like, we've seen copies of the marriage certificate. We've heard stories about it forever. One of the previous surviving R. Kelly's, one of the women talked about, did she say she walked in on Aaliyah being raped by R. Kelly? I think she said they had sex, but I'm specifically calling it what it is. But that was in a previous part of the documentary. There's no question about what happened between R. Kelly and Aaliyah. He abused her. He assaulted her. He took advantage of her. He raped her. He married her. There's some question as to whether or not she was pregnant by him. All these additional details that Aaliyah is not here to refute or confirm. I don't like it. I just, I don't like it. Somebody emailed me and asked, have you seen Surviving R. Kelly Part 3? I haven't. And I don't think I will. For folks who want to watch it, like, that's your prerogative. I have no desire to. I'm I'm not over the narrative. I don't want to, like, brush it aside as something that doesn't matter. Because it does. I just don't need to engage in that content any further. I don't need additional details. At this point, like, I know he's a predator. We all know he's a predator. I don't need additional details from other women about his predatory behavior to convince me in any way about what a horrible human being he is. This episode is brought to you by the Disney Bundle. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new exciting movies and series, all for one low price. On Disney Plus, join the ranks of Captain Marvel, Captain Monica Rambeau, and Ms. Marvel as they team up to save the universe in Marvel Studios' The Marvels and embark on an adventure into the futuristic world of Iwaju. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone, in the award-winning film Poor Things. And school is back in session for the beloved teachers of Abbott Elementary. The Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. They're better together. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. Night racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. Last but not least, I think, Meek Mill. On a previous episode, literally last week, we talked about Meek Mill, and we talked about his visit to Ghana, and we talked about his visit to Jubilee House, which is Ghana's equivalent of the White House, the presidential seat of power. And we talked about how Meek Mill went to visit Jubilee House, and he dressed like he was going to play ball or ride a four-wheeler. I talked about how disgusted I was that he did that because it's disrespectful to show up to 
see the president of any country, America's and especially Ghana's, without putting on some decent clothes. Yes, that is respectability politics. No, putting on a college shirt and some pants doesn't change the core or essence of who he is. But God damn it, you're a grown ass man. Put on some pants and a college shirt. I'm not saying you got to put on something expensive. I'm not saying you got to put on something designer, but put on something decent to go see the president of a country. He's, he's a 30 some odd year old man, just feral, it's feral. It's embarrassing. I don't blame his upbringing at this point. You're a grown ass man. Better. Do better. I thought that was the end of it. I thought that was the worst of it. We're moving on. Your boy, when he went to Jubilee House, he had a photographer with him or a cameraman. By his account, it's a small camera. When he went, he asked whoever the officials were, whoever had him there, if they could shoot. And they said, cool. Meek's account is they didn't necessarily tell them they were shooting a video. They had a small camera. They asked if they could shoot. They were like, yeah, they went in different rooms. One of them is the press room. There's a more, I think, open area. I've never been in Jubilee House. So I can't, I'm, I'm going by what other people are talking about in response to him posting this video. I would say every major Ghana blog or version of like the shade room has covered the Meek Mill story. If you go into the comments, I would say 75 to 80% of people are livid livid that he shot a video unauthorized in Jubilee House. Now, at first they were blaming the president because they were like, I mean, this is on you. This American rapper came into the country. You invited him to Jubilee House. He came in there and obviously asked for permission to shoot. And y'all said, cool. So I blame the president for allowing the space and the office of the presidency to be disrespected. He could only do what y'all allowed him to do because he was literally in y'all's house. Turns out they didn't really allow it. Not really. His version, Meek's version, he said he didn't tell them that what he was doing. He just asked if he could shoot. Really, nigga? Really? Would you even try that at the White House? You wouldn't. Jubilee House? I'm shocked they allowed it. You literally can't even take pictures of Jubilee House. It's a gorgeous building. It's shaped like a stool. If you know the history of the Ashanti kingdom, there is a golden stool that the British went to war with the Ashantis over. It's a really, really important, I don't know if I say artifact because they still own it. They bring it out every once in a while. I think it's in Kumasi, but it's a really, really important, what's the word I want to use? It's like the equivalent of, let's say, like the Liberty Bell in Philadelphia. There's like historical significance to this golden stool. I bring this up because Jubilee House is built in the shape of this golden stool. It is a beautiful work of architecture. You know how I sit on here and rave about buildings and beauty and architecture and design the reason I've never posted a picture of it is because you're not allowed. If you went up to Jubilee House, even from the outside, outside of the gate, and tried to take a picture of it, security would accost you. Military security would accost you. Take your phone and delete the picture off of it, if not take your phone completely. That's how they do government buildings over here. 
They also do the same thing for the U.S. Embassy. Like, you physically cannot go up to the U.S. Embassy and take a photo of it. There's plenty of signs that say no photos. You cannot walk up to it and take a picture. It's just how the culture operates, not just in Ghana. I would say largely Africa as a whole. I say all that to say your boy not only took pictures of, took video in. One, it's just disrespectful. Two, it's a security breach. The other thing, too, is like you got this American rapper that you've given this privilege to. Has any Gunnian rapper, a local rapper, because they have several of them that are huge. Have any of them been allowed to shoot in Jubilee House? Why not? Would you let Meek Mill? He's not even a big rapper in the States. I mean, people know who he is, but he's not like, I mean, Kanye West before the fall or like Jay-Z or like even Drake. I mean, I know Drake is Canadian, but still, Nas. Meek is like a BC-list rapper. Best. Y'all let him go into the seat of power in Ghana and film? He actually had permission to film. He just had permission to shoot a video. I think they thought he was taking private footage. But your boy takes this private footage and turns it into a video, drops it online. He thought that shit was cute. Folks got in his ass so bad he had to take it down in less than 24 hours. Let me see if I can find his exact response. Because he had to justify it because people were so mad. And in fairness to him, I'll say this. In his apology, he really seemed like he didn't know that he'd done something wrong. So after folks went off, he wrote, I guess this is on Twitter. He said, quote, to the people of Ghana, no video I drop is ever meant to disrespect the people. The fastest way to make connection is through music. And I wanted to do that with displaying art. I'm in my 30s from America and didn't know much about the lifestyle here. He continues, my apologies to the people, if any disrespect, we still going to push to make the connection between black people in America and Africa. What I'm trying to do is more than a video. My apologies to the office. Also, I don't think they knew it was video footage when we asked to shoot. It's a small camera and one kid in America. We didn't know this existed and was excited to show because they don't show Ghana on our media much. So I'll take responsibility for my mistake, not intentional. Last words. I'm just not here for no separation of anything black. We already separated enough and don't understand each other's cultures. Let's use this to help fix that and not more judgment toward one another. His heart was in the right place. He just ignorant as fuck. It's beyond my comprehension how he thought this was appropriate. Not to tell the the Jubilee House or the office of the president what he was doing to take advantage of whoever brought him there and have this foolishness. You think bougie black Americans are bad with respectability politics? You ain't seen shit till you get to Ghana. They stush as everybody. Not even just quote unquote bougie. Everybody. There's a... In order to the culture, there's a respectability to the culture and this foolishness of, of me showing up in, in, in play clothes and then also filming in Jubilee House. It's incredibly disrespectful to the culture. Incredibly. It just crosses all sorts of boundaries. This isn't just my respectability politics wrinkled. Go into the comments on the shade room. There's a bunch of gunyans in there. Pissed. Pissed. I think his heart was in the right place. Like, by the way he apologized, I think his heart was in the right place. He really didn't mean no offense. But my God, sir, you got to get a publicist, a fixer, 
a grown person around you who just understands some ways of the world. This ain't it, boo. This ain't it. He got black Americans looking crazy. It, in general, it's a general observation. Just, you know, being in Africa, bopping around the continent. A lot of folks don't really have a high perspective, outlook on black Americans as is. The entertainment that we export from the States our movies, our music primarily, our reality shows got us looking fucking crazy. What's exported is is the worst of the worst and the most vulgar of our culture. And people who are not familiar with Black Americans, what you see of Black Americans is so negative that they really do think that we're just like a bunch of baby mamas and absentee fathers and criminals disrespectful, no respect for family, elders. Like, it's the worst of the worst stereotypes. I said this once, and tons of people denied it, and other people were like, yeah, like, that happened. People tell their kids, don't act like a black American. So me coming over here with this foolish shit, basically confirming stereotypes, it's not so good. Not so good at all. I have a lot more to say on that. I'll save it for another time, though. So that's the episode this week. I'm sure there's a bunch of stuff I missed. I've been gallivanting. I just haven't been glued to my phone or my laptop for the last couple days. I, I cut up reels before bed and then post them the next day. And that's really the only time I'm on my phone. I'm really trying to live in the moment more, especially since, you know, I'm going home for two weeks. I don't know why it feels like I'm going home forever. Um, it's just two weeks. All right. Not everything, but that's what we got. We'll be back on Friday, y'all. All right. Bye. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.